Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast contains strong language, adult humour and cats. So, you know, take your pick on which of those is the worst. Because I was going to do it on the telly and I was like, well, I don't want to watch it. And I don't want to be stuck upstairs. And I was like, but mother, (laughs) podcast. Now, just to check, given how much sours you've had, have you actually pressed record? (laughs) I have. It's doing the wiggly. How is it going to start? Oh, yeah. Cheers. (laughs) Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I was going to start with a song this week, but um, I then realised no one wants that. Least of all me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really like the um, the Muppets intro. <laughs> Muppets musical intro. <laughs> well, welcome to Educating Georgia, the podcast in which this week I'm teaching Georgia shit, and <laughs> we're watching cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, out of continuity. We're not. Um, this is not the list. This is not the list. There is. Very little way that I can justify this being part of the list because it's Christmas. Well, I think I'm giving well, myself a week Christmas off special and giving you something special. Uh, and two, I think it's well, I, I think it's phenomenal <laughs> in how shocking the reviews have been. Oh, just you wait. So uh, I was reading some reviews oh. before this, they're incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, oh, can't wait. So, do you know what I think about cats? <laughs> You're not going to do who you are? Or... Oh, shit. I'm Steph. I've had <laughs> three glasses of wine. <laughs> I'm Georgia. Know, I've had six... <laughs> I'm Georgia. I've had six shots of sours. And I don't know film. That's not true. You know 11, 11 films. <laughs> I 11 films. I'm tiptoeing into those double figures. <laughs> Do you know anything about cats then? <laughs> I know that it's a Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that is based on T.S. Eliot poetry. Yes, it is Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, based on. Uh, I've got it written down for you if you if uh, uh, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by known fascist sympathizer T.S. Eliot. <laughs> Yay! We love a fascist sympathiser, especially when they're a monkey. <laughs> I kind of... Is it... Okay, this is probably going to be wrong and I'm going to sound so stupid. <laughs> but, like, it's kind of like they're doing a talent show. That is the and plot. It... <laughs> oh, okay, good. I'm not insane. Because I was like... I, like... Si- said it in my head and i was like if this is wrong i'm gonna sound so idiotic the good um, news is yeah so it's like they win and they win like a new life or yeah something. they like get to as you will see later go to the heavy side lair in interesting circumstances <laughs> okay wow yeah it's um it's a difficult one because cats <laughs> the- i've never seen cats the musical i think i would probably recognize um, well, I say recognise. Like, I know one of the songs is Memories, and I would probably be able to hum to the tune. 
I don't know anything else. I don't know any of the other numbers. And it's not a musical that I've ever been interested in, even as a musical. So when I saw the film would come out, like there was all this like hype about it, and I was like, oh, I don't there really was no care. Hype. Like, I don't... <laughs> well, there was not hype, but like there was like, oh, there's going to be a film of cats. And I was like, oh, I don't really care. And then I remember seeing the trailer when it came out. Yeah. And my God, I was scared. <laughs> like, I didn't want to watch it before I saw it. And then I was like, oh, Christ. <laughs> I, and now I'm uh... watching it. <laughs> <laughs> In watching, yeah, um, I've seen it a lot of times. It's the film that I realised, yeah. tragically, I've seen more than any other, and it came out last year. Um, I've now seen it 33 That's times. That's upsetting. <laughs> 33 um, times. That, the reason it began, the first time I saw it, I was genuinely upset by the musical, by the film. I was like, I'm studying to be a writer, and I've put loads of like hours of my life into this, a week, and that got made. <laughs> but the more I watched it, <laughs> The more I reason, realised I loved it. Like, it's not the oh, worst film no. ever. It's not even the worst film of that year. But it is bad. <laughs> In a way that most what was the... major films that come out are not. <laughs> Cats is a musical fantasy Cats. film. Um, I've oh. then written below that. I refuse to try and decipher this plot, so... <laughs> No synopsis okay. for you. <laughs> no synopsis today. Uh, it was written. Fair. Well, the screenplay was by Lee Hall and Tom Hooper, based on the musical Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is itself based on Old Possum, mm-hmm. Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T. S. Eliot. The music is by Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, and yes. briefly, the music was by Taylor Swift. It was directed by Tom Hooper. Ah. Tom Hooper directed Les Mis. Les Mis is ah. not good, but it has its defenders, and it did. I guess deserved the best actress win at the Oscars for um, Anne Hathaway. Hathaway. Yep, Anne Hathaway, not the um, Shakespeare one. <laughs> no, she dead. <laughs> she she dead. She not winning Oscars. Um, so... She's dead a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the film stars, and this is where things for me begin to get interesting. I know. James yep. Corden, Rebel Wilson. Jason mm-hmm. Derulo, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Idris I'm going to Elba. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. <laughs> Jason Derulo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad welcome. you stopped me before we got to Surrey and McKellen and Dame Judi Dench. <laughs> I know. I I can't believe there are knights of the realm that are responsible for this film. It's not even the worst film that Dame Judi Dench has done recently. She did Artemis Fowl, and that was worse in so many ways. <laughs> We're never watching Artemis Fowl. I have, I have seen nor heard of this film, but bless um, Judi Dench. Sorry, Dame. <laughs> it was nominated for nine Razzie Awards. <laughs> wow. And, it, what, That's when and those nine know. Razzie Awards were for Worst Picture. Worst director, worst <laughs> actress for Fran- Francesca ha- Hayward, worst supporting actor for James Corden, oh, no. worst supporting actress twice for <gasps> D- Rebel Wilson and J- Dame Judi Dench, <laughs> worst screen duo for <gasps> any two halfway line human hairballs and Jason Derulo and his CGI neutered bulge, and worst screenplay. It's won six wow. of them. <laughs> 
worst Please picture, worst director. Please don't tell me Dame Judi Dench won a Razzie. No, Rebel Wilson won that category. <laughs> okay. James Corden, worst on-screen better. combo for the half feline, half human furballs, and worst screenplay. Wow. It that has, did not go down well. He has 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. And <gasps> I don't think I need to explain why it's bad. It was bad in such a way that <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes' description of why it was bad was made up mostly of cat puns to avoid having to explain why it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, um... I think is the, the, the worst rated film that we are going to watch. Um, possibly. Let me quickly check the room yes cats is worse than the room yes <laughs> cats is worse than the room okay <laughs> wonderful oh boy <laughs> so gonna be a day to remember <laughs> are you excited at all i'm excited for this to happen i don't know if i'm excited to be a part of it um I just, I think I'm excited on your behalf because I know how much you've been looking forward to this. So, Cats came out last year mm-hmm. around this time. In fact, uh, on day of recording, two days from now will be the year anniversary of its release. On day of release, two days ago will be the one year anniversary of its release. Since then, I have been trying to get you to watch Cats with me. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much non stop. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it is Pretty one much of the few films. That have come out recently that I have bought on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> you needed a hard copy. You needed it in your hand uh, that, to hold and to cherish. Yeah, aside from Birds of Prey, this is the most recent film I have bought on DVD. Cats is also the reason why, until this year, I hadn't seen Little Women, which is one of the best films ever. <laughs> Because Little Women came out... Has that got to do with Cats? At the same time as Cats. And instead of going to see Little Women, I went to watch Cats. Twice. (laughs) Wow. Good God. Boy, oh boy. Why... Why why did you see that film? Because I'm worried about watching it on a, a small scale, right? Okay. I can't imagine being in a cinema being bombarded with this film. So, me and uh, my friend Martin, who uh, I see, he lives up in Cumbria, where I am right now, every year, we, well, for two years now, we've gone to see a bad musical <laughs> in the cinema. Um, in our first year of doing that in New Year, it was Mary Poppins Return, which was yep. astonishingly bad and one of the best experiences of my life, because the two of us were the only two people in the cinema, aside from a couple who were fucking at the back. Um... So we got the whole cinema to ourselves. Wow. We talked loudly and made fun of this film the whole way through, and it was a ball. Damn. <laughs> and we were drunk, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Then it's last year, just after Christmas, I went this to happened. meet all my friends in the pub, and we had a great time getting drunk, talking, and having a great time. And then I was like, "Hey guys, me and Martin haven't watched a film together yet." Do you want to go see Cats? And Good the you. most drunk I have ever been, I went to see Cats. And I left <laughs> confused and horrified. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I need to understand what I just saw. 
So I went again, and to date, the only time I've seen Cats sober is in the cinema the second time I watched it. <laughs> wow. And I'm gonna, not going to lie to you, sober is not a position I would ever recommend for watching Cats. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've done it both drink, ways. Do not watch Cats. It is somehow worse. <laughs> wow. Because I was explaining to my mother, I was like, um, I need to get like a little bit drunk uh, to watch Cats. And she was like, surely it would be worse drunk. And I'm like, don't ask. We've had an expert run run this and he <laughs> says drunk is best. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, drunk is absolutely the best way to do this film. Um, I would also say not to do it high. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Uh, I've not done that. I've not had that experience. But I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to have You've to return to film. my cats after having seen this film high. <laughs> True. I mean, not that I've ever been high, so I've got no clue of what it's like. <laughs> but I feel like this film is already a trip, even if you are sober. So, like, to factor in other chemicals would be dire. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, aside from all of it, do you have any concerns? Mm. I think I'm concerned that I'm... Well, it's an extreme concern, but I'm concerned I'm going to like it, and then I would will like the worst film that ever happened, and that it would just be a true representation that you haven't taught me anything about film. If you enjoy but this I don't film, think that's podcast gonna happen. is over. I am absolutely getting an Australian <laughs> Dunlaws expert. <laughs> absolutely. And I would recommend... I would put out the ad for myself. I would resign... <laughs> Um, there is a very slim chance of that happening. <laughs> I will um, say, I enjoy this film. What I don't want is you to come out going, I thought that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I am slightly concerned that I'm just going to be so bowled over by what is happening visually that I'm not going to be able to comprehend what's happening either plot-wise or, like, orderly. <laughs> okay, I don't think you need to worry about plot. And this is one of the few okay. things I will say to Cats's benefit. After about the first couple of songs, those cats stop being horrifying and you kind of get over it, and then you start focusing on the other things. <laughs> right. They can be other things that are bad. Oh, Yeah. The bits that people talk about, to me, those bits are bad. The worst bit is one that I've not seen anyone talk about in Cats, and it's a single shot, but it is... Okay. Incredible. <laughs> I th you're going to talk about it later. Yeah, I so am. <laughs> down on record. So with that, do you oh, want to mumble? Boy. <laughs> uh, to the movies. <laughs> I love how It's excited. Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas to the movies! Apparently this film can have spoilers. So those are coming up now, I guess. Oh yeah, so... <laughs> cats? Wow. Do you, do you have anything? <laughs> do... Do I have anything? I have so much and yet so little. <laughs> I spent most of that confused and like just 
kind of because you said oh the kind of the thing wears off like it wears off you don't you're not constantly like oh my god what do they look like that didn't happen for me <laughs> i from the I, the beginning bit was in fact the worst where yeah. i was like watching them do the dance and i was like oh my god i don't understand how they're moving it's creeping me out so it got better i didn't get over it because i couldn't stop looking at their hands and their feet because they are still people hands and feet and they Not still always have some of them wore trainers <laughs> yes i was gonna say few of them are wearing shoes which is even more bizarre the guy who tap dances you saw his feet and he's wearing trousers and shoes so he doesn't look like a cat at all and then suddenly it's like oh he's a cat oh christ and and, and the faces cat did you just, just like my boy skimble shanks <laughs> all i'm saying is i would have preferred it if we kept everything the same but they look like people <laughs> because it just i didn't there wasn't a moment where i wasn't going oh god like oh crap i just i didn't fully get over the fact that the cgi cat human hybrid that they'd created because like i understand like in the stage show they are dressed as cats but i think it's very obvious when someone is dressed in a fluffy onesie <laughs> that they aren't like a cat hybrid person this went very deep into no no we want it to look like half cat half person smushed together and make taylor swift sexy <laughs> like that's the conversation that happened oh and don't worry about like jazzing up idris elba just make him like skin tight let's see all his muscles and make him fluffy that's, idris that's what elba we've done. is the one where i have the most questions because idris elba looks like a black man with fur he does <laughs> Unlike also, the rest of the cast, including the other black actors who all look like cats, he is yeah. just a black man with fur. He's just a black man with fur. <laughs> I also don't understand why the cats were wearing fur coats. <laughs> that is like me going outside in a skin coat. I mean, I do that. I mean, you do because you're a psycho. <laughs> It's true. You probably wear women's heads as hats. All the time. <laughs> All the time. They're a great accessory. <laughs> um, I just, I couldn't, it, it was like the Muppet thing for me. I was just like, how are they wearing fur coats? Is that not their own skin? No, like, maybe it's another it, animal's skin. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm so sorry. It makes perfect sense now. To suggest it's that just... old Deuteronomy would wear, a hum- would wear a cat's skin when she could be wearing a dog's skin or a mink. Yeah, I. It was just, but but then her kind of ruffle, her natural ruffle, looks <laughs> like a coat anyway. So I don't understand why she needed an even bigger like coat. I don't understand why any of them were wearing coats. I don't understand why some of them were in clothes. Some of them had hats. Some of them had collars, and then others were just stark naked. Some of them had shoes. Where are they finding the shoes to fit them? Because they're cause, like they're in people. The people exist in this world, right? Oh yeah. Where are they buying tiny shoes? <laughs> it is because the thing is, not only does that bring up the question of where are these buy- these people buying cl- shoes, it also means like there are several shots within this this film where someone has gone to the effort of making a human object but bigger. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got the milk bar, which is questionable at best 
and mm. my personal favourite, which is someone made a giant bra for Mungo Cherry that. and Rumple teaser. <laughs> I love that. I think I like to think that there is a huge woman out there who's benefiting from that bra as we speak. <laughs> I just I could I couldn't get over it. Also, I know you're going to bring up the point about the worst shot ever. <laughs> I will talk about the worst shot ever. Yes. <laughs> I think because if you explain what the worst shot ever is, and then I will give. Oh, my do you want opinion. me to do it now? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because so, I have a point, and I will forget it. <laughs> in Sh- Skimble Shanks' song, they're all yeah. tap dancing, and when you're watching a tap song, obviously, if you're watching a tap dance, you want to be able to see the feet. Now. Mm occasionally in a tap number in a film they'll cut away so you can pretend that it's a person who can tap dance when actually yeah. they can't tap dance in this film everyone in that number can definitely tap dance we see them all doing it close up but there are three shots that are the only <laughs> shots in the whole film that are done from so wide you can't see anything that's happening <laughs> that are tap dancing hmm. why <laughs> i think because i noticed when they're doing the tap dance and like the close of the feet, it is so obvious that they're doing it onto green screen. <laughs> and that it is so fake and like CGI that it's kind it almost makes the tap unimpressive. <laughs> I was like because you said about it, and I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you zoom out that far on a tap dance? And then I saw the close up of the feet and I was like, oh no, I get it. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> if you think that that was, like, the bad effects of the film, you hadn't watched mm. the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not saying any of it was good. <laughs> what I'm saying is the close-up was bad, so I understand where they're like, no, no, back it up at least 100 foot. <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> I... I... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea, beyond the obvious part of they're doing a talent show to decide who gets to be murdered, um, yeah. With, yeah. what the plot was? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I know just as much about the plot as I did before I watched the film. Okay, no, that's a lie. I didn't know there was like a baddie. Well, I say baddie, he's just trying to win by cheating. Well, McCavity is not a villain in the musical. He's a bad cat. But on the stage show, he's not like turning up to steal people while squealing his name in a high-pitched voice. <laughs> okay, so I love Idris Elba. I think he's very, very yummy. Um, Not as yummy as Skimbleshanks, uh, though, I hope. Uh, Skimbleshanks, so. I would fuck. <laughs> you said this, and I still don't know why. <laughs> I think he's a hot cat. I'm quizzical. <laughs> he has a moustache. Yes. And like, he's not wearing a top. <laughs> yeah, but he is wearing trousers and no one else is wearing trousers. Yes, which makes him better than all the other cats because he's <laughs> civilised. <laughs> yeah, okay. I cannot agree with you. I, to, I was, My point was, the real Idris Elba without the fur, I find delightful. And a real feast for the eyes. I saw this and was like, I think my fantasy of Idris Elba might be over. I think this is it. I think it killed it. I think this is dead. I don't think I can ever look at Idris Elba and the same way again. I'm going to pretend the... I didn't rush the <laughs> you don't. You don't think you could see Idris Elba ever again. I said that because... Anyway, 
the worst part of this is we aren't watching another film with Idris Elba in until oh, no. at least the end of the pod, the the list of a hundred films. Because wow. the only other film I can think of that I might consider for this is Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a film with him in. I've watched Luther quite a is lot. Is that it? See, I, I also struggle. Did you watch Turn Up Charlie? No. Oh, that was a good show. <laughs> I think I've seen... I'll say he's been in other TV things. He's I've definitely seen him... TV stuff, but he's not in many films. Yeah. Despite being very acclaimed enough that they thought, you know who we should get to play McCafferty? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. Despite um, the fact that in a film with Rebel Wilson, he is the weakest singer. And Rebel Wilson can't sing. <laughs> yeah. It, it always surprises me that because uh, this film like let's not beat around the bush had a huge budget right? oh god yeah <laughs> they could have got anyone to do anything they got dame judy ditch <laughs> right and sir ian mckellen in this <laughs> film they didn't have to pick people who weren't good at singing i don't understand the choices that were made I understand. James Corden is a good singer. Oh, I want to say this. I genuinely believe that everyone who is in this film is capable of a better musical. I've seen most of them in better musicals. Like, okay, I'm going to say something that will be controversial, given the week this has come out. But Mm -hmm. The Prom, a film which came out this week, James Corden was not that bad in it. (laughs) I've not seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. His performance in this, and Rebel Wilson is good in Pitch Perfect, and Ian McKellen was a good part of Beauty and the Beast. All of these people are bet- are capable of a better film than what they made here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a part of me thinks, obviously they knew what they were making, they knew what they were doing, they, they were just in this for a paycheck. But I don't oh, know yeah. that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> because all of these people could have taken on a project that was pay them just as much but that wasn't cats (laughs) i think i think it was more of the novelty i think i don't know because i've never i have i've never seen like interviews and stuff i don't know like what they think of it but i would pay to be in the rehearsal space where dame judy dench and jason derulo are together (laughs) right (laughs) true fair I could not think of anything else rather than just visualising them in the same room, like, hi, morning, like, should you get your coat? Like, good day, yeah, yeah, Like, those oh, people hey, should I'm not be Judy. in a project together. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. <laughs> Which, to I be must honest, say, Rom Tom Tugger was one of the few genuinely good parts of the film. If it weren't for Rebel Wilson's ad-libbing, I genuinely think that I would say that Rom Tom Tugger's number is really enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. My favourite number, I think, was the 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 stealers, the thieves. Uh, Mumbo Jerry and Rumble Teaser. That that is the only number I think that I kind of came close to enjoying. Okay, <laughs> so I stand by, and I said this to you while we were watching, but I, I genuinely believe this. This is Andrew Lloyd Webber's only good score. Like the only good musical Andrew Lloyd Webber has done is Cats. The problem with this film is not the songs. No. <laughs> I was thinking, although I wasn't loving the things that were happening, the actual music, you take away everything else, the actual music is good. Just yeah. the music. 
lovely. Everything Except for else beautiful on top. ghosts. That is that is bad. <laughs> yes. I that was very monotonal. It, very, it compared was written and recorded everything else. in twenty four hours because Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Someone went, we need a song for Best Picture, and Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber are only available together for one day, I assume. And they were like, wow. we need to record this song. But not only is it like written quickly, they also got one of the weaker singers, Victoria. And I don't want to like get at the actress playing Victoria. I genuinely think she's quite good. Mm. But she's not a good singer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I... I don't know. Maybe that's the point where it's like you're not. You don't. It's more of a talky song. It's not like a belty song. I don't know. <laughs> but I noticed she sounded a lot like Emma Watson <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast as Belle. I don't know whether they use the same auto tune. <laughs> I but, will be honest. I, I know there will have been auto tune in this film. Yeah. But I do think it is harder to pick up on than auto-tune in, like, Beauty and the Beast. I, I When I'm mm. watching Beauty and the Beast, I know that Emma... Emma Not Emma Stone. Emma Watson has been auto-tuned. In this, mm. it is less obvious yes. that anyone has been auto-tuned. People have clearly been auto-tuned. But also, I watch it and I go, hey, these people are good singers. Like, there's enough of them yeah. that is good to oh, make yeah. up for what bad is in the <laughs> I say the chorus is the chorus is obviously made up of good singers. Well, when the chorus sing in things like uh, Mr. Mistopheles, you've got um, like that's one of the most brilliant. That's one of the best songs of the whole film, and the only one where I genuinely think that the film pulls off a musical number is Mr. Mistopheles because it is rousing and you you feel every minute of it. And when the bad singers, which is like Dame Judi Dench and Victoria, both sing, <laughs> but it works in the context of the song. Because it's one person who's a weak singer trying to get everyone else to understand and, and get behind Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. Whereas everything I'm... else is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... As a poor singer myself, um, I don't think... I think you can you can definitely act your way through a song. I don't think everyone in musicals has to be pitch perfect, be a beautiful singer. I think it is more about the acting side of it also but i mean if you want a brilliant musical number of course you're gonna have to have good singers what i'm saying is you can have a passable song if you are not a tremendous singer if you are not a born singer but when you have like born singers doing good singing in a song and then you do your bit <laughs> it doesn't sound great but it's not like a or oh, comical bit where it's like james corden comes out of his singing and he's like yeah i mean obviously like that's funny that's meant to be funny Rebel Wilson's part is supposed to be funny. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's meant to be funny. That I get behind. Their bit, it's like, oh, could you just not have got someone who was... Because they've got people in there. Jason Derulo, Taylor Swift. They're not known for their acting. They're known for their singing. They are yeah. singers. So why get people in a musical when you could get literally anyone, apparently, to do this? <laughs> also... The Taylor Swift number, the number that Taylor Swift does. Yes. When she drugs everyone. Oh, catnip. It's a thing. <laughs> I know catnip is a thing, but what I'm saying is just drugging everyone. From a moon. Like a, a moon that shoots drugs. I, I mean. <laughs> a moon. <laughs> sign me up. If they, um, if they wanted to find a way to symbolise taking drugs, a moon that sprays <laughs> drugs on people is a very good way of showing it. Definitely. <laughs> that was a very 
kind of jazz number. Yes. So why were they like, oh, do you know who's known for jazz? Taylor Swift. Okay. Like, I why was the? What don't know happened? who else they could have cast Taylor Swift as. I think Taylor but Swift. Why do like, they have to cast Taylor Swift at all? She was given the role without audition, which implies to me that Tom Hooper was like, I really want to work with Taylor Swift. I think she'd be good in cats. And it makes sense. Mm. You don't need to act much for cats. You just need to perform your one number and then move yeah. on. I can't think of another num another character that she could have played. Like the only other female role in the musical were there was the Gumby Cat, there was um Rebel Wilson's role, which she couldn't have done. It's not Taylor Swift. No. Or Mungo Jerry, which is also not a role she could pull off. No. Or Old Deuteronomy, which is originally a male role that they gave to Dame Judi Dench because she has that gravitas as Dame Judi Dench. Not as the character, but Dame Judi Dench. No. The only role I think I could, I would genuinely think she could take on would be something like Rum Tum Tugger or Skimble Shanks. And I'm, I'm not against them recasting the role with a woman. I think both of those roles could have been played by a woman. Yeah. But... I also think that if they changed Rum Tum Tugger or Skimble Shanks to a woman, given that they're two of the bigger numbers from the show, it would have been questionable. Especially given that they already made the questionable choice of making Rum Tum Tugger and Mr. Mistopheles heterosexual for some reason. Um, yeah. Like, in mean... watching the, the line Rum Tum Tugger is a terrible bore in both the show and the music and the and the film is done by Mr. Mistopheles, but it's so different in both versions. <laughs> In the musical, it's like, oh, Rum Tum Tugger's a terrible bore. But like a loving sort of thing. Whereas in the musical, it's Mr. Mistopheles attempting to woo Victoria away from Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah. Which is, it just doesn't... I think, given that it's cats, yeah. why... I, I have no idea why they would want to try and make the show more straight. It's yeah, cats. I, I was <laughs> just gonna say, like, not to be stereotypical, but... <laughs> The kind of demographic you are going to have for Cats the Musical <laughs> would probably include quite a lot of homosexuals. <laughs> so I don't know why they were like, oh, now this, now this is going from stage to screen. We better straighten it up. We better, we better stop making those characters gay because otherwise the straight people won't watch it. And what will we do then? Well, I argue that there are <laughs> going to be very few people who don't have any interest in Cats the Musical that will see Cats the Film. Apart from people <laughs> who are being forced to do it for a podcast. <laughs> so why they had, why they chose to change it like that is baffling. The only reason I can think of is that they needed a... They wanted to make more of a story for the show. And you can see bits mm. of that in the barge scenes, which are expanded upon, and McCavity's bigger role, and Mr. Mistopheles' bigger role as Victoria's love interest. But I question why they made implied kitten Victoria... The love interest of the film. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I don't think any of this film makes sense. But I think, as we've mentioned before, I like character, I like storyline, I like development. For me, this was just, oh, we've got a musical number. Oh, there's another musical number that leads right after this musical number. And there's another musical number. And here's a very vague storyline tying them together. And even though I don't know who plays the old 
cat who used to be glamorous. What's her name? Oh, uh, that's uh, Jennifer Hudson. Who Even though deserved better, <laughs> honestly, who is clearly singing her heart out, does a beautiful job. That song is beautiful. I think I know a lot of people complained that that song is used in the trailer, and it's like that's your big card. That's your that's the number of the show. Like, why put it in the trailer? That should be the reveal. So she's doing this. And I just, I didn't feel anything, but it's not her fault. It was just that there's been no build, like, they, she's walking a lot outside and does kind of before reprises, we don't know what the name is, of this song. <laughs> but I still don't feel it. I'm like, I don't care. I don't know who you are. Like, your character development means nothing to me because I there is none. The most telling part of them trying to put more plot into this musical is in Mr. Mistopheles, the song where it's like all these people suddenly believe in Mr. Mistopheles and it's like there's this whole arc that we just skipped over like that mm. song the way they played it in the show would make way more sense if there were scenes of people going well Mr. Mistopheles can't achieve anything and he's a terrible yeah. cat and he doesn't mean anything but the worst we've got is that he's a bit clumsy which isn't a character trait no matter how many fan fictions want it to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just I didn't I didn't care about any of the characters I didn't I wasn't... In the show, it makes more sense because it's more like cabaret. It's like several different pieces of like musical yeah. show. If you're watching a musical theatre piece, if you're watching a theatre show and there's a ballet number and there's a poetry number and there's like a bunch of people singing and none of, there's no plot, you can sort of get away with it because no one yeah. really cares. But if it's you're more making a, a film, variety show, you need you need a story if you're going to make a film for a major yeah. audience and later on in this podcast we are going to watch films that have less plot but not <laughs> really? in this film this film has no plot at all but oh, like, okay. <laughs> the point of those films is that that do more than just have those numbers if this film had just gone hey there's no numbers when there's no plot we're just gonna have these numbers sung one after the other i genuinely think it would be better but they tried to put a story in there that made us go wait what no 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 mm. you can't but what's happening why is this happening and all that stuff I think if they hadn't put a plot on it it'd just been hey here's a here's a variety show and a bunch of cats are singing I think we would have gone oh I get it yeah I see the point potentially I think again <laughs> it's if you've seen the stage show if you are, if you know the show and then they did just a film adaptation of that like for like I think people would have been like oh okay but I think people watching it who don't know anything about the show I don't think there'll be many of them but I, I don't know because I, think... I, I, don't, I don't know the differences I, I thought I've, this... when I first watched this music this show, this film I had not seen the show and I will say that having seen the show I genuinely believe that the film's biggest fault is trying to create a plot right. because it makes you go it makes you think more about it there is a plot in the mu in the musical the show version but it is less obvious, and as you're watching, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. And, yeah. and part of that comes from trying to adapt something that is obviously built for the theatre for film. Even Andrew Lloyd Webber thinks that the film was a bad idea. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's telling. Part of that comes from them going, well, we need to give this to a, a wider audience, so we need to give it a bigger plot. Yeah, I think in trying to give you a plot, they just made it more obvious that there was no plot. Yeah. Because there was this vague storyline, I was trying to hold on to it and I was trying to follow it yeah. rather than just appreciating it as like a number by number by number. Well, there's also so the fact that a number like Gumby Cat, like um, 
Rebel Wilson's number probably shouldn't have been adapted to film. That is, mm. in the musical, the cats pretend to be other animals, like dogs and mice. So it's less weird. But when you put it in a film, oh. you can't go, oh, here's some cats pretending to be mice. Instead, yeah. we're going to make the mice children. And the Why were they children? One person repeated over and over again. Why? Why were they children? Why Honestly, did that? It was so creepy. I believe that Rebel Wilson's number being at the beginning of this film is a godsend for it. Because if that number had come in the middle, we'd have spent the whole <laughs> film going, what the fuck is happening? What? This is unbearable <laughs> for my eyes. Whereas getting Rebel Wilson out of the way makes everything else seem slightly more normal by re- by um, by the fact that Rebel Wilson's number came just before it. And we had things like yep. her rolling around, cr- scratching her crotch and eating... Uh, cockroaches and removing yeah. her skin to reveal another oh. layer of skin <coughs> which but becomes a this, plot point later <laughs> this layer of skin has clothes on it oh <laughs> i don't I, I i had no words one of my favorite parts of that number is there's a, there's a bit where she's singing into a microphone but it's clear that that microphone was meant to be her tail that they just hadn't mm. vfx into her tail so it was just this bit it of was foam like she was holding. Pink. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because I was like, is that supposed to be like a string of sausages? Is that like the thing? And then later on, it made a big thing of her like lifting her tail between her legs and singing into it. And I was like, oh. It's it's her tail, but they just didn't VFX it. And it was the film's original. I'm so sad that I did not see the film on its opening weekend <laughs> because the original cut of this film was apparently so much worse for the effects. Wow. Whereas the version that we watched just now, while the effects were bad, like mm. through and through, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's just, I think it is because obviously everything was done with like with some CGI in the background. The background was like made up. Well, they, actually, they built set. The milk bar was a set they built. Things like that were built like by the by the. But like, there are the elements of everything, surely, that are yeah. Well, and every scene it... had CGI in it because they all oh. did use that digital fur technology. <laughs> I, so I think it just it made it look so much. I don't know, processed, and it was just. I'll say, especially with the close up of the feet and stuff. I think it did just look very of everything that looked unusual in this. <laughs> even the things that weren't meant to look unusual looked odd. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I don't think this is a very good visual film. <laughs> Shall we talk about each of the cats in turn? And we'll, we'll do it... We'll ignore Victoria because she's kind of a bland, boring, everyman cat. Yeah. You are going to have to explain which who they are. So Rebel Wilson played Jenny Anytime, the Gumby cat. Do you have any thoughts on Jenny Anytime? Aside from all of Jenny oh, the... Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's just uh oh rebel wilson's overweight and funny isn't she not only is gumby cat the worst bit of the show of the film like just Mm. painfully hard to watch but also rebel wilson is one of the worst singers and it makes that entire scene worse on every level (laughs) yeah i just it's just rebel wilson throughout the film is very much rebel wilson she has her ad-libs that aren't funny. She does a bit with nunchucks, as she always does in every film for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, she's Rebel Wilson, and Rebel Wilson can be good in small doses, 
or if she's playing another character. But playing Rebel Wilson, it's not what we what this film needed. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think it was a bit. Oh look, Rebel Wilson's in this film. Especially since she interrupted Rom Tom Tugger, which, as I've said, is one of the few good parts of the film, with her annoying ad libs. Like, there's a bit where you hear Tom Hooper in the background because she goes, oh, I can dance like that. And Tom Hooper's like, show me. And you can hear him say that. And then she dances. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't yeah, know that's, that was... that's that's the director's. I'm like, oh, why are you cutting away from a number that's quite good and probably one of the, the better numbers of the film? Jason Derulo is perfect for Rum Tum Tugger. Jason Derulo is perfect for Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> But you keep cutting away from him to give us more Rebel Wilson. <laughs> Is that the bit where she's standing with James Corden? No, that's later. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we're about to talk about J- James Corden as um, Buster for Jones. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I yeah, I agree. He's kind of an, a welcome reprieve from the Rebel Wilson of it all. <laughs> yeah, I think. It is very James Corden, I think. It is funny. I but James because it's not overdone, because he has like his thing, he you see him again on the barge and that's kind of it. That's yeah. enough. I still think he's bad, and especially compared to things he can do, like the prom, which I still think is a good performance from him despite the fact that he was playing an over the top gay character despite all of the things that people have said and the fact and but he's also done Gavin and Stacey where he's also good he has done better yeah but he is enjoyable enough in this film he's yeah, he's definitely. fine I can put up with that much James Corden <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I do love James Corden and even I was like yep that was enough that was within the context of this film that was enough yeah uh I, I okay the next character we meet is I think the barge cat Played by Ray Winstone of Bet365 Bet fame. <laughs> He's done nothing else apart from... I'm sure he has a career. <laughs> Again, another very, like... You would not expect him to be in Cats. He... Okay, I believe... They wanted that role for Paul Whitehouse of The Fast Show and Harry Enfield and Chums. Cockney guy who can sing opera. They wanted to give that role to, to Paul Whitehouse. But for, for for whatever reason, Paul Whitehouse said no. Probably because he was like, cats, uh-uh. And they went, well, who's the other Cockney we know? I know. Uh-huh. That guy who talks about Bet365. Bet we'll get him. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, yeah, it's just, we need someone who's... They were one step away from getting Danny, asking Danny Dyer. Oh my God. I wish Danny Dyer had done that. <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought, it, again, it wasn't in it for very long, didn't mean a whole lot, was just sort of like, again, almost cameo, just like, oh, right, yeah, another person we would have heard of before who's in this. And then after that, we have one more number, but I genuinely don't remember who it is. <laughs> oh, no, we, oh, we then have the, the Jellicle Ball, which is an event that we learn very little about, with which the only part yeah. we care about is... The fact that someone gets named the Jellicle Choice and gets sacrificed to the Sky Gods. Um, <laughs> in a massive hot air balloon that 
they've made? I don't... It's out of chandelier and balloon. Where they got the balloon from, I will never know. Uh, (laughs) But then you have um, Beautiful Ghosts, the worst number of the whole film, and that includes... Rebel Wilson's number. (laughs) And then you have, okay, Gus the theatre cat, who I think should have been named the Jellicle Choice because it is hard not to feel sorry for him when the cat who got bullied became the Jellicle Choice and not the cat who has cerebral palsy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe next year, Ian. But yeah, I did, again, didn't love that number, but was like, oh, this is nice. Ian McKellen is fine, and it's when he starts doing the like more fun bit of the song, he's clearly having the time of his life. Oh, absolutely. He, he's, he's dancing along, and he's really enjoying it. However, that scene is precluded by the scene which undoes all of Ian McKellen's brilliance. The bit where he licks milk from a bowl. <laughs> Ian McKellen has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. He played Magneto in the original X-Men films. He played Gandalf. He's been in so much Shakespeare that I don't know that I've seen a Shakespeare play he's not in. All of that can go fuck itself after he licks (laughs) milk from a bowl. (laughs) And rubs his face on some wood. (laughs) I just... Because obviously, Ian McKellen and Julie Dench don't do the kind of crawly, walky things that the rest of the cast do. Yes. So they are very upright through a lot of it. I do feel, it's worth mentioning, both of them clearly have a lot of arthritis. Like, if you yeah. see them in interviews, they can't really do much. Yeah. Which makes it cruel to make them pretend to be cats. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was like, oh, you can't walk like a cat and you can't do any of the other movements that they're doing. You're just going to have to drink out of a bowl, mate. <laughs> I really drive home the whole cat thing because they are so upright they're so human in everything else other than their look yeah they had to do something else well no because David Dent has that weird bit where she like at the end of Ian McKellen's song raises her leg her leg up it's very odd (laughs) it's strange after we have the whole time she's watching it she's like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) she is clearly after some of that Ian McKellen cat dick Um, absolutely (laughs) speaking of cat dick the next cat is Skimble Shanks the sexy cat (laughs) I don't know why you find him so sexy I genuinely sex appeal to me watch that I I feel something for that cat (laughs) (laughs) the cat of the railway line um Again, I was like, that's an okay number. I wasn't. I do like Skimble Shanks, the number. And I don't know if it's entirely because he tap dances that I'm attracted to Skimble Shanks, because anyone tap dancing, I'm immediately is. into them. Yeah. I, I love that tap dance. I love the number. And I do love that cat. <laughs> mm. It's worrying on so many levels. <laughs> but before Skimble Shanks, <laughs> we did have another appearance by McCavity having. The moment that he squeals his name like an excited little boy. McCavity! McCavity! <laughs> a little M shows up. Uh. But throughout all of this film, McCavity has turned up and tricked the cats into following him. With Skimble Shanks, <laughs> he makes him disappear by making him spin too fast and then float into the air. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it was 
It was ridiculous. Like, then... Is that part of the act? And then, whoof, was like, oh, McCavity. It's, it's McCavity. And then we have Taylor Swift playing Cat That's Meant to Be Hot. <laughs> yeah. That on drug was mood. confusing. <laughs> Drugging everyone. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I, I've said my piece about I don't quite know why they got Taylor Swift to do this. But decent number, I guess. But I was a bit like, why is... Because everyone, apart from the beginning of the railway one, everyone sings their own thing. They might get introduced, but they sing yeah. their own thing. There might be a chorusy bit, but they sing their own thing. I'm like, why is so much of McCavity's song not being sung by McCavity? And then I was like, Idris Elba started singing, and I was like, oh, yep, that's Well, it. okay, so there are two things there. One, in the musical, the stage show, most cats do not sing their own songs. <laughs> Oh, okay. But in the stage show, McCavity is sung by. It's a duet between a woman and a man, and it's quite clear that in the st- in this film, they were like, "We need a we we should probably give Taylor Swift something to do," <laughs> and they were like, "Well, we'll have her sing McCavity's song because Idris Elba can't sing." <laughs> yeah. But then Idris Elba does sing, and okay, so there are two things. Idris Elba hams it up to the extreme to a oh. point that is a little painful on some steps that come from nowhere. And I want to know where they come from. Because throughout this film, while it's cats, it still tries to maintain some level of realism. <laughs> but then really? Ian... Then, then, then... Not Ian McKellen. Uh, fucking... Idris Elba turns up and starts singing on Light Upstairs with fireworks. And you're like, what's happening? But then he also removes his coat and starts singing in the nude. <laughs> yep. So we can, what, see Idris Elba's toned cat abs? <laughs> yeah, I, that... that... I found that odd. I found it odd that it was just like, again, human kind of form, but kind of dolled down <laughs> to be cat-like. Well, again, with Idris Elba. Like, oh no, he uh, looks Idris Elba like... needs his pecs. He doesn't work without his pecs. Idris Elba is a black man in fur in this film. Like, McCavity is yeah. a black man with fur. Everyone else is a cat, and it's kind of... Ra- like, I'm sure they did it to avoid being accused of being racist for making Idris Elba lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they still made Idris Elba look like a black man in fur, which feels racist in another way. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, um, Jason Derulo, he looked like his furring and his figure aren't that of Jason Derulo. He's right? a cat. <laughs> Whereas cat. Idris Elba is a black man is, with fur. Is <laughs> Idris Elba who had fur painted onto him. And that's <laughs> what happened. He looks like me. Like When my school did um, Oliver in my f- second or third year of school, secondary school, we did that and the person who played Fagin wore fake beard. And the fake beard was so obviously fake because it didn't match anything else that was going on. So if if you have a person with with brown hair, which both of the people who were playing Fagin were, but a ginger beard for some reason, (laughs) you're going to go, that doesn't look quite right. It's the same as if everyone in the show is a cat, except Idris Elba. (laughs) Who has pecs. I mean, I was pleased. It still didn't make me go... Oh, isn't Idris Elba sexy? It was like, why does a cat have pecs? I'm confused. <laughs> well, after uh, McCavity, he kidnaps Old Deuteronomy, and we have Mr. Mistopheles, which I believe is rousing and fun. Yeah, again, I don't care that much. <laughs> I'm like, eh. And then they I rescue Old Deuteronomy, 
But not any of the other cats on the barge, which I feel is important to note no. because I <laughs> thought that immediately. Because I it's was like, okay, great, they brought one back, but like the others are still there. Well, all the others on the barge turn up later, as if they could have just got off the barge anyway. Like, <laughs> well, they kind of fight to get off. No, they don't. They scare Ray Winstone into forgetting to sponsor Ray, Best 365. <laughs> <laughs> they scare him off in what I can only assume. I genuinely think that Ian McKellen's bit in that way. He's like does a like over dramatic performance while being a cat at Ray Winstone, who then falls off the plank. It, it, it has to be a reference to Lord of the Rings because the performance was like. It, it had the same tone as You Shall Not Pass. It was like Tom Hooper had gone, Hey, Ian, you know when you're fighting the Balrog in Lord of the Rings? Yeah. <laughs> Could you do that again? <laughs> but make it catty. <laughs> but they then swim off the... But, but the barge is on the Thames. I don't believe a cat can swim across the Thames. <laughs> no. So they just turn up at the end for the final number. We'll just skip memory because who cares? <laughs> yeah. To the final number in which Dave Udidench sings at us for about six minutes. <laughs> I, including Rebel Wilson's number and the Victoria's number, that was my least favourite. It's the final number, and not only is it Dave Udidench sing at us, it also contains the immortal line, a cat is not a dog. As if yeah. we didn't know. <laughs> as if that was a point that it brought up at some point. I think it was just... Boring. Maybe it was some way of them going, what's a genital cat? Well, I can tell you what it's not. It's not a it dog. Not. <laughs> but also, the other bit of that song that's weird is, how do you address a cat? Well, you just go up to them and go, oh, cat. Now, I have three oh, cats. You've got to remove your hat first. <laughs> I do not go up to my cats and go, oh, cat. <laughs> Aside yeah. from when my cat, who looks like Mr. Mistopheles, fails to land on his feet. At which point I go, cat. <laughs> yeah. I yeah that that I love Judy Dench I think she's an amazing actress props to her she deserved the daming (laughs) (laughs) I was bored throughout that for the last number of the thing I was like why why is this happening I what what? And not for the reasons I was going, why, for the rest of this film. No. Which, which, why is this happening? This was just like, why was this the final number? Why is this supposed to be good? Why are you saying those things? It's kind of... it. Hooper's Les Miserables does. But the difference is that Les Miserables' final number is rousing and amazing. That putting it on a major landmark... I think it's the elephants in Paris? Or something along those lines. Something in Paris that everyone recognises in Les Mis. Right. And everyone's singing... The people are singing. (laughs) And it's an amazing number. And it's about how, even though we've been taken down now, the revolution will come. It's a lot like uh, Once We Were Kings from Billy Elliot, one of my favourite musical numbers. In that he goes, we are going to rise up and the people are singing and the class class infrastructure is wrong. And these people are on this this landmark of Paris and it's, it's really cool and it feels rousing. He did the same thing for Cats. By putting them in Trafalgar Square by the lions and on, on lions. Nelson's column. Except that the song is shit. <laughs> yeah, the song is so dull and unnecessary. Like, you could have, like, she flies up into the sky and then roll credits. Like, that's it. That's all you needed. Yeah. It, I, 
Are we, it, okay, it feels... are we supposed to believe that there is like a heaven thing where it's restarted? I, I think we are meant to believe that those cats are going okay. to be reborn as cats. <laughs> Again, okay, because I was a bit confused, like whether we were supposed to think it's real or like, oh, bless them, they think this is real. Yeah, I, it, um, yeah, it's it's questionable I think if it were a stage show again you have that cat rise up in what's meant to be a balloon made out of chandelier like oh that's really cool but in a film you see several shots of Jennifer Hudson flying into the sky higher and higher that cat's going to die (laughs) yeah there is a there's an element of peril in it whereas if you're just on a stage and then you get raised up into the rafters that's kind of it. You're like, oh, okay. And I yeah. And waving from underneath. So, it, I, yeah, I was just a bit like, I don't know if, is this a commentary on something else? The actual idea of heaven, and we're supposed to think, oh, aren't they sweet? They think they're something else. I genuinely think we're meant to believe that, because Android Webber has said very little about the show. But the one thing I know about the show is that he genuinely just believes that it's a fun show about cats. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think he was trying to make some grand point like he is in none of his shows. Um, (laughs) I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, That's fair. But I think that in the film it suddenly comes off like, oh, this is a cult that all these cats have bought into. Old Deuteronomy is making these cats drink the Kool-Aid by sending them into the sky to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't seem very believe. I don't know. It just seemed a bit... I think... And also, it's so quick, the, oh, she does an amazing song and everyone's tearing up. And it's like, oh, yeah, you win. Off you go, bye. Like, if that number had happened oh, in something okay. like Rocky Horror Show, Rocky Horror Picture Show, if then that cat had then gone into the sky, we'd all have gone, why was there a cat that would look like a person in this film? But we'd also yeah. have gone, that doesn't feel out of place in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. But cats tried to be realistic, as said before, but then in those moments where it leans into the fantasy, into the, the, the like heavy side lair and the, the, all that stuff, it suddenly becomes kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think Idris Elba's kind of desperation to get there was kind of got like I don't get he was like he seems so suave and like so like put together and like he loves his life he's so confident he's got people singing for him yeah why would he want another life I don't know why he wants another life he clearly has everything going for him people side with him and that causes them to fall out of favor but he has people Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser At some point, Grizabella, played by Jennifer Hudson. At some point, Taylor Swift. All these people are, like, his followers. He's essentially starting his own version of Deuteronomy's cult, but for some reason desperately wants to get to the, like, heavy side lair to be reborn. It's unclear why. All the other cats have some sort of reason. Like, even Buster for Jones and Rebel Wilson, who both have decent... can't believe I didn't go James Corden and and Rebel Wilson there. Who have some sort of reason... Who have no real reason what with the fact that they're kind of a pretty cushy lives yeah like they, they they have reasons that are explained in the film and rum tum tugger doesn't want to be reborn so that's fine but why does Idris Elba want to be reborn and why does yeah. Skimbleshanks want to be reborn <laughs> like yeah that... rebel wilson can't keep 
living in this kitchen and hates doing the shows. Bustopher Jones wants to be able to get fat again. Grizabella wants to be reborn because she's been mistreated since and she's in a bad place after being the glamour cat. She's no longer glamour cat. And Ian McKellen has cerebral palsy. The other people who sing, why do they want to go to the Heaviside Lair? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And also, why are there so few old cats? They're in London. I assume they got hit by cars. That's fair. Although, Ian McKellen seems to have survived since the Victorian era, which would be fine if this was set in the Edwardian era, which maybe it is. The car at the beginning is kind of Edwardian era-esque. But there's no neon lights, Webby. Yeah, there's no reason for us to think that this isn't the modern day. (laughs) Yeah, this film escapes me. I I don't know the point. I didn't enjoy it that much. I'm really I... sad that you didn't enjoy it, because I genuinely enjoy watching it as a piece of bad film. Yeah, even then, I'm like, eh. <laughs> but again, I said I wasn't... I, it's not like, oh, I've heard about this musical. I really like the musical. And, oh, isn't it a shame they did a bad film? Like, I never cared about the musical well, to begin with. Neither did I, or many of the other people who have seen Cats and Fallen into this weird cult of Cats is an awful but wonderful film. Do you, I don't want to drink your Kool-Aid. Do you, en- <laughs> do you enjoy a bad film? Like, if you're watching one, do you go, I'm not enjoying this? Or can you, like, go, oh, this is dumb and I love it? Because I was thinking after we watched Con Air, my immediate assumption Con was, Air. you're going to like Cats. But... No. <laughs> I don't... I do... If the film's cheesy and kind of like, oh, this is... Bad, but it has to have some good moments that I genuinely enjoy because I think they're nice. Yeah. This didn't have a lot of those <laughs> i think i liked the bit where james corden was playing james corden and was like i'm clearly like look at you look at me I, you're, there's no way you by yourself are gonna lift me into this bin get more of you and then come back and then the number restarts i liked that bit i appreciated the the final memories <laughs> But for a lot of it, I understand, like, the little bit of snot when someone's been crying for dramatic effect and, like, and not everyone's beautiful when they're crying. But my God, get that woman a tissue. It was I will say that she her. is the only person who, when she cries, I look at her and go, I wish you were Sarah Paulson. And that joke makes no sense to you. But for people who have heard Sarah Paulson pretend to cry, it is damning. <laughs> um, I was just like, it just, just get, you are a cat. Just what? You are made of fluff. <laughs> wipe it off your face because my god it's distracting so I'm going to assume there's no point in asking you for a rating this week I <laughs> I'm a give it a two that is not that much lower than Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah I mean the two points because I have to it, when I strip everything back I have to appreciate the choreography, much like uh, John Wick, which clearly he went to effort for, and there was a lot of training for. You know, this film, Cats and John Wick are the same film, basically. Exactly. I, there were moments that I kind of enjoyed, and they're the two points. Sorry, I didn't like No, I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get it completely. Like, it's not it's not a good film. 
it was a risk to show you something as bad as this for our first Christmas musical. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that said... I don't, I don't know how you've watched this so many times. I love it. I really love it. Like, genuinely, why? <laughs> Nonetheless, no episode next week, but the week after we return to genuinely good films hey. as we watch a film about a family... Travelling to a beauty pageant, Little Miss Sunshine. Because we get Christmas off. so Yeah, we get Christmas off. Week. Thank God. <laughs> Christ. I'm being drained. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I, have, I, I know nothing about Little Miss Sunshine. I look forward to... pageants involved, oh boy, I have opinions on those. <laughs> With that, give us a cat-like cackle. Sorry, for a cat film, no one purred. Yeah, but they all, like, pretended to be cats. <laughs> there was hissing, but there was no purring, and I'm disappointed. So I'm going to end with a purr that I think should be in the film. Okay, we'll edit it in just for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll send this to Universal Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> it was a purr. Uh, I see. well i think we can all agree that that podcast was better than the film we were talking about and if you thought it was good you can follow us on whatever medium you're using to listen to this or on our social media twitter at hatpackprod or instagram and facebook hatpackproductions thank you yep that'll do